Test, test. Hello? Test. Test oh, two. This is a little, little loud. Test one, two. Hut on the one, two. Hut two. Hey, hut, hut one. Ten, forty-five. Hey. Niner, niner. Over. Roger, roger. Unique New York. The human Unique torch York. was denied a bank loan. I think we're good, right? Yeah. All right. Welcome to Just the Tech, the new tech podcast for everyone. Each episode of Just the Tech covers a single topic, giving you an in-depth look into a specific area of technology. My name is Austin Allen, and with me, with me, with me is my co-host, Jason Rosenfeld, and our resident tech layman, Mr. Chris Matson. Jason and myself know a decent amount about technology. Chris knows very little. This is true. Yes, it's true. Today on Just the Tech... It's just the smartphone. We're going to be starting, uh, you know, back in the late 1800s with Nikola Tesla's first ideas of telephony and how he really got into electrical engineering. We'll talk about how he emigrated to the United States in 1884, where he worked for Thomas Edison, actually, in New York City. Then we'll jump to Nokia and how they took some of Nikola Tesla's ideas to really revolutionize the industry. Sorry. (laughs) It's a great historical perspective on the evolution of the smartphone. That's right. And we'll stop there. And then we'll see what else we can get into. We'll, we'll pick it up again at some right. point. But it's we'll see again. if there's anything else we can talk about. That seems like we covered all of it. Right. If we do that. Yeah. Anyway, it's gonna be another big topic, boys. We'll yes. we'll see if we can get to all of it. But if we can't, you audience know where to reach us. Yes. Just the tech podcast at gmail dot com. We've been getting a lot of fan mail. Uh, we have a Twitter. We have Facebook. We have all the things. We don't have LinkedIn yet. We'll get that. We'll make no. an account. I think we have a website, too. We have a website, just the dot tech. I think that's where you can find the companion posts that go with each episode for the things yes. that we missed and that's any right. discussion that you'd like to have, you know, with us. Excellent plug. Yeah. All right. So, rapid fire news. I know you guys love that segment. And by love that, I mean, we've been listening to the fan mail we're getting, and we don't think that Rapid Fire News is really long for this world. So it seems like it might be time to uh, have one last Rapid Fire News. And here it is. And there it goes. It was great. Uh, Austin, congratulations on your win. Woo! Um, So, anyway... To uh, replace Rapid Fire News, we've decided to include our listeners in this, you know, a little little dialogue. Yeah. Um, so we hope you like our newest segment, Fan Mail, we, where are... we read listeners' actual emails right. and tweets live on air. Yes. So this first letter comes from Charles Krustus. Excuse me. I think. Dear JTT. One thing led to another, and now I have two-thirds of a Samsung Galaxy S5 stuck inside my anal cavity. Maybe it's more like half one. I'm not too sure. It's up there enough so that when I sit down, the phone doesn't touch the seat. It's been really inconvenient the last couple days. I thought maybe if I waited, it would come out, but instead I feel like it's been cemented in place. My cousin took me to a Rangers game yesterday. And I couldn't figure out which section I was supposed to be sitting in. 
that place has gotten so confusing. Make sure you go see the new Star Wars movie. I think there's a lot of inspiration for some really cool technology in there. You could do a podcast about it. Sincerely, Chuck, quotation mark. Thank you, Chuck. Um, Thanks, Chuck. So I'd like to start off by saying I think that either you have a really, don't mind me saying this, either you have a very large ass or you have more than a half of a uh, Samsung Galaxy S5 because I just looked at Jason's phone and half is a large sticking out. And if if it doesn't hit the seat when you sit down, there might be a lot of cushion for the push in there. So congrats to you, Chuck, if you have a large ass. And if not, you actually might have more, so be careful. Um, good, good detective work. Yeah, right? This is something we deal with a lot at Just the Tech, so we can definitely help you out. I mean, we have a lot of phones. They get misplaced. Yeah. You sit down, it happens. So one thing I would start with is potentially medical attention. That that seems like mm-hmm. a pretty good place I to mean, start. I mean, maybe you could try some petroleum jelly. That That's helped me in the past. Petroleum jelly, yeah. I find 95% uh, rubbing alcohol, probably maybe... Maybe you want to go to 99%. Try a few home remedies first. Otherwise, you're definitely going to want to go to the emergency room. Um, Yeah, you're looking for a professional enema at this point. Right. So wherever you find that, we're not asking questions. As far as uh, being confused at Madison Square Garden. Have have a buddy. Use the buddy system. Yeah, if you don't go that often, it's not that big of a deal. If you go a lot, you'll eventually um, get used to it. And I think we've all seen the new Star Wars movie. Yeah. Um, we we agreed that there's a lot of really cool technology in there. Unfortunately, I don't know how we could do a podcast about it. Podcast. Um, I mean, I mean, I typo. no. It's, I mean, Chuck seems like a very smart guy. I I think he's thinking of something. I don't know what it is. Uh, but podcast. You're, pod-cat. you're saying we should take him at his word. Yes, I of. think we should. I mean, he seems very serious. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we there's some inspiration in there for, of some really cool technology yeah. that we could talk about and we'll also talk about what a podcast is i think that's episode seven just the podcast just the podcast yeah i mean that's coming up pretty quick it is i mean this is episode five five yeah five that's wow. impressive can't believe we've done five so far you're this welcome is... listeners and he's like totally right you know much of what we talk about is is speculation so star wars could could eventually see one you know Absolutely. just Even the smart star wars technically we talk about stuff that's gonna happen and star wars already happened yeah, a long time ago, right? In a galaxy far, far away. A long time. So technically, it's not what we talk about, so I don't know if we can cover it. But, like, the digital revolution happened a long time ago there, you know? Yeah. They're, a, they're a nice natural well, laboratory for experiment to compare us to. Yeah, true. Thank you, Chuck. We eagerly await your next letter. <clears throat> the next letter is from my dad. Uh, he wrote, very cool. And thank you, Dad. Uh, he actually doesn't listen to the show, so <laughs> he's not going to hear this. Um, but I-, I showed him the website, and he-, he wrote in, so that's nice. Thanks, Jason's dad. Yeah. What a guy. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's get on to this yeah. topic. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. raring to go. Let's I'm ready. do it. All right. So, like we said, today is just the smartphone, which is yeah, also why... Just the smartphone. Just the smartphone, which is also why... Charles uh, Charles Krustusch's letter was so topical. Yes. Uh, actually, so I've done a little bit of research in the topic of a, li- a little bit is kind of underselling it. I, I've done 
a shameful amount of research <laughs> about smartphones. Um, I have a, a research paper on the topic, which has a little bit of history. I think it's it Relevant. might be helpful to read. Yeah. It's dated. This was back in 2014, but we'll see. Here we go. Yeah. Our story begins in 2007. Steve Jobs takes the stage in white New Balances, blue jeans, and a black turtleneck. The iPhone is born. A new product category and mobile internet OS are defined, and the mobile phone industry is revolutionized. We'll have incumbents and soon-to-be competitors all taking note. Apple, Google, Microsoft, Nokia, Research in Motion slash now BlackBerry, and Palm slash HP have all emerged as characters in this saga of the global smartphone wars. As is the case with many stories, some of these characters will die off, but some will be triumphant. Each competitor enters the fight with a weapon, and that weapon is its own proprietary or borrowed mobile internet OS. Each mobile internet OS is a unique piece of software to run the smartphones. Apple made iOS, Google has Android, Microsoft created Windows Phone. Uh, at the time I wrote this paper, they hadn't uh, created Windows 10. That's their current yeah. operating system. Nokia used Symbian. Uh, uh. Yeah. They, they now use... Well, actually, Microsoft bought Nokia, blah, blah, blah. Research in Motion, at the time, built BlackBerry. Palm produced WebOS. And I'll stop reading here. This is a, a long paper. It's like what, like a paragraph of what, 26 pages? That's right. Yeah. So we'll stop there. But I think that actually does give a good background of what a smartphone yeah. actually is. It is a device that is a phone, but the main differentiator is that it has a mobile internet operating system. Yes. So is that really the definition of a smartphone, though? I mean, aren't you kind of giving up some historical precedent and stuff like that? What there mean? are, I mean, the Palm Pilot comes out and lets you have email on your phone, for instance. And going from, you know, flip phones, um, which seem fairly analog, to having email just or messaging on a BlackBerry... Um, seems like a pretty revolutionary step to me. So isn't that kind of the first smartphone it's and that it's been phone. iterative since then? You're right. There isn't one point where we can look, oh, this is Wait, the you creation can't even, of the smartphone. Because the PDA even wasn't, I mean, it was internet connected, but it didn't have a phone when it first came out too. It was a device that was solely internet and task management based right. before it, it even had a the phone. The smartphone was a concept and has been a concept for a long time. It's had a fluid evolution in this paper, I dramatize it a lot. What? I even used italics. So, <laughs> the way that I went to further define it, I was just looking through, it, it, it's smartphones are powerful computing instruments that offer traditional wireless voice service, as well as native software applications, the ability to connect to and run a myriad of internet-based services, including email, geolocation, streaming video, and social networking while providing a good user experience. That's that's subjective. A good user experience? There's some smartphones out there that have pretty poor user experiences. It seems like those may be in the eye of the beholder, perhaps. I, I think we're getting lost. Yes, we, we all are. know we're, what a smartphone yes, is we right, do. at we this do. point. I think our listeners do too. I think, yes, I think, I think they might be smart enough. Right. Yeah. 
I mean, Chuck obviously knows what a smartphone is. He he knows what a smartphone he does. is. So, Jason, are there any smartphones that are coming down the pipe that are interesting to you? Any uh, any forward-looking things that that seem like you know opportunities for improvement or, or anything like that? I am going to try to put a damper on oh. some of the smartphone hype, which I know is unlike me. But we talked about slowing shipments in the PC episode. We're seeing significant slowing in smartphone growth. The high end, at least, is basically saturated. Similar to how people buy their PCs, they're now so good that you don't need to replace them every year. You don't need to replace them every two years. And we're seeing uh, wireless carriers react to this by getting rid of those two-year renewal uh, subsidies. So you're no longer buying the $200 phone on every renewal. They're coming up with new models. And that's a function of slowing smartphone growth. Um, part of slowing growth also comes slowing innovation, I, th I think. At least in smartphones, not necessarily adjacent markets. You'll always find an adjacent market that continues that exponential price performance. That, that Moore's Law thing. Right. Right. But smartphones themselves, they're kind of reaching a, a saturation point. Maybe not in the low end. You're still seeing uh, a lot of pricing pressures from foreign manufacturers that are coming in to try to get the, the lower cost market. I just don't think that's sustainable for those companies, though. It's I mean, not. They're, they're, they're not making money. From them. Yeah. Right. A lot of Chinese companies that aren't making a lot of money, but I think they're going to die out. Yeah. But, but they'll it, but always be someone there. the industry there. as a whole. Right. Especially now that the higher end is saturated, they're not making any money on the lower end. You saw Apple try to get in there with that iPhone 6C, the low-cost plastic 5C. one. 5C. Yeah, 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 sorry. And they're not doing that anymore because it wasn't a profitable endeavor. They also didn't make it super cheap. They made it cheap for Apple. I don't know. I... I do have to disagree with you. I think that because smartphone growth has kind of slowed and shipments have slowed, it's going to be a point where companies have to innovate in order to sell phones because it's that's the selling point now. The fact that LG has a modular, semi-modular design is going to maybe they're hoping that'll entice people to buy their phones. So, just a quick point for clarification: this is about hardware innovation, right? It's because common, yeah, we're not really talking about app innovation, which I think right. still is growing at a faster rate, but it's the, the slowing down and the actual hardware specs um, that, that we're seeing right now. Right. If we want to talk about software innovation, I think... I think that's kind of halted. I was going to say, I think the it's major... Gotten, it's gotten really good, though. Apple... Right. The operating systems are so good that you're seeing a slowing of innovation in terms of the core operating system. Yeah. But I think the app innovation is actually maybe inflecting upwards. Sure. You have some really cool apps coming out that are leveraging new the cloud, techniques, the cloud, machine learning and yeah. things. So, so that's cool. Obviously, a core operating system can't really use that. But these... Operating systems, if you look back at a phone three years ago and you'd swipe through the home screens, it was actually kind of laggy. Yeah. Some of that's obviously a function of the chip and the hardware. But it's both. 
and that's where maybe we can stop on software unless I, there's one thing I wanted to bring up a phone that is just coming out the next bit Robin basically this company is founded by ex Google and HTC execs if you have if you've ever had a 16 gigabit iPhone or even back in the day the 8 gigabit ones or gigabyte ones I'm sorry not gigabit. I, I have one of those you do. I've, I have a 16 have you ever run out of space oh absolutely it's yeah. a chronic it struggle it's a terrible problem so basically their idea is that should never happen so it's this idea of hey what can we do to leverage the software side and the, and the cloud side to better the hardware and user experience along with 32 gigabytes of internal storage you get 100 gigabytes of cloud storage provided by that company when you have i think it's like three or two gigabytes left on the phone they start to back things up to their cloud and then it'll take actually apps that you don't use and it'll keep a grayed out icon on your in your on your uh home screen mm -hmm. telling you that hey this has been backed up to the cloud and if you want it you just press it and then it'll download again so you can use that app so it frees up space. It does that to photos. It'll gray out photos. It'll have a... Um, so if you have a lot of photos, it'll basically make compressed ones that'll stay in your phone. The full res will go to the cloud. I that, think it's a really cool thing that I think a lot of bigger companies might start doing. That's what I was going to say. That's a nice idea, and it's no coincidence that they're doing it on top of Android yeah. because it's a very easy thing that can be done on Android, and that just means Google is going to do it to Android. I mean, Google the, is all about the cloud. Do, do you They're going to do it. Apple will then do it too. This iCloud. seems ripe for this, poaching. This, yeah, of course, Apple's going to do it. This is going to be. This is but will cloud Apple do it? Computing it in, to some extent. Yeah, Apple. It is. Apple will do it. Apple and the cloud—they've never been good at that, and that's why I think this back. Like, it's going to take them a little bit longer than the next cycle of the iPhone. It'll be a couple, maybe two versions of uh, of iOS before they even get anything close to what the next bit Robin has with being able to automatically back up apps to the cloud. I mean, granted, it'll it'll allow them to maybe keep that 16 gigabyte iPhone as their base model and justify it, but I don't think they'll be able to do like pull off something like that in a year's time. I think it'll take them a lot longer. Right. So so far we have in the pipeline for smartphones modularity, cloud storage. What else do you think is coming? Um, I think some type of. I mean, this has been this has been a long time coming, but I think convergence into a single device is something that um, Linux tried to push a while ago. Ubuntu especially tried to. That didn't work. Motorola a while ago tried to do that with their phones. With the um, I forgot what, what was it called. It was basically like it. You you plugged your little Motorola phone into a little uh, dock or a little lap dock, and it ran like a weird version of Firefox or something. Yeah, it yeah was... they tried that with like the Atrix at first. Yeah, or the Atrix, yeah. yeah. And that didn't work because it was back then just the, the software wasn't there. But Windows 10 is here and it's been getting pretty amazing reviews in general. And one thing that came to Windows Phone is this idea of Microsoft Continuum. So you're able to plug your Windows 10 phone into a dock or into a cable that connects to a little box that connects to your monitor and it basically expands what's on your phone into a desktop style operating system and it's able to do that because it the same um, I'm not a software developer so I don't know the right words for this but the same tools that you use to make a Windows 10 app for the desktop is this are the same tools you use to make one for the phone and they share a the software shares a base in the background I guess right, right? Is the, it, the SDK yes. software development kit thank you it's, yeah these apps scale nicely. You can do window, multi-windowed apps. Um, 
and HP just announced a phone at Mobile World Congress called the HP Elite X3, and it's HP's. HP hasn't made a phone in I don't know how long. I mean, they. Yeah, I was surprised. I thought they had killed off their mobile division. Yeah, I mean, because they bought Palm and that didn't go well. And before that, they had like a a, a PDA style type of phone, which that, was big. It was big, and people actually really liked that phone. There was a there was, was a small it? following, yeah. but it was like a. It was a BlackBerry type of phone, but it had a bigger screen. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. People like that. But then they, like you said, they killed it off. Now they're coming back because they're basically making a mini PC that you can do everything with. They have, similar to what Motorola had, they have like laptop shells that have basically batteries in them and nothing else. And you plug your phone in. Or I think it's wireless. I don't know. They didn't. They weren't very clear on what it was. I didn't read enough about it. But basically... I think for now it's plugged in. It is? Okay. So, but it has four gigs of RAM. It has like the newest Snapdragon processor. It is basically a small computer, and it's just as big as it's like a six-inch screen. So it's huge, but it's it's a computer, and you can do. They're hoping that what you can do is you bring it to work, you plug it in. It can be your work com- desktop computer. When you're on the train, you're at home. You can plug it into your laptop. It'll be your laptop computer. Also, be your smartphone. Which I don't know if it can, but the but the fact that we're at a place where it's even possible it's not a joke like it was before is it crazy and i think that's another glimpse into the future is i think we talked jason and i had an argument before about how i said that laptops were going to be the hub for a while and jason vehemently disagreed that your pc would be your hub right right you said it would be something else Mm -hmm. you you might be right (laughs) it might be your smartphone right in the future and especially with i don't know i don't want to keep blabbing on but I think Windows 10 Continuum feature is a feature that can go to other mobile operating systems. Yes, and it's been experimented with, and it's still, this is just a limitation right now. Continuum isn't even fully there yet. It's not exactly like Windows 10. It's not. The Windows 10 uh, on your phone, once you plug it into a laptop, there are some limitations. It's not like maximizing and, uh, you know, apps run differently than a windowed program on your regular Windows computer. But Word looks very similar, which is crazy. Yeah, like, no, it's like, great. It's, it's, it's and, pretty and, crazy, yeah. Right. And you can still use your phone if it's plugged in. You can still text on it if you wanted to, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. No, it is good. And Asus or Asus, they had experimented with this with Android back in the day. But with those, those uh, Android tablets... Is that what you're saying? Right. You could take the phone, put oh, it into the, the back the, of a the, tablet. and you, it I, think, I don't remember. Ah, whatever. But you could plug it in. But the thing was just Android didn't scale up well enough. It's and awesome. Windows obviously scales up because it's, it's Windows. It's made to do that. Right. Yeah. Apple seems to not have a huge plan yeah. for this. They've said they want to keep iOS and OS X separate, which seems weird to me. They're going to have to do something. Even though they've been like design language-wise bringing them together. Y- yeah, it's weird. Maybe they'll have one of these conferences just blow our minds. They've just been fucking with us. Right, but I they seem behind the curve on this. They do. And I think it has something to do with their cloud. I don't know. I feel like I might be behind the curve with them a little bit. Um, is that I still at least find unique use cases for different devices. Um, so as long as, you know, 
certain apps that I have on both different devices are kind of talking and communicating such that if I open one on either device, I kind of pick up where I left off on the other. I can understand why it might not be just one device. They're still going to be, you know, interconnected, um, but I guess I'm not as gung-ho about the idea that everything comes to one central point as you guys seem to be. I mean, cost-wise, though, I mean, like, we talked about this in, again, the Just the PC episode, but you said you don't really use your computer for that many powerful things, right? It's a very, like, you use it to, like, browse the web, do some Word, Excel, you write, you know, you don't do a whole lot with it, right? Sure. It's like, what if you just had a phone that plugged into a, you know, a dumb shell and it just scaled up so you could do those things that you do? You would save money that way, and you would just have, you know, one central device. Sure. Um... It's basically making the argument that the individual forms don't have a real advantage, right? Um, so, I don't know, maybe there's something tactile I like about having a keyboard for yeah. when I'm word processing or using spreadsheets or something like that. Right, and you still would have that tactile keyboard... As a plug-in? It, no, or, so you'd still have this. You'd it have would this be lighter, it would be cheaper, and you just slide your phone in. Yeah, okay. I, I can understand said, that. I mean, you have a point. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. Part of the whole process of the digital revolution is decentralization. And what we're talking about right now is the exact opposite. You're fully centralizing. You're f now reliant on this one device. And that doesn't seem like a great idea to me. It seems like the next step, but longer term... Right, that so, doesn't seem like a good idea. We so, should have a bunch of just shell devices that are meshed, yeah. so there is no central device. I mean, do you think this is, you know, an instance of a pendulum swing, kind of, where we go from having many to few to realizing why we liked many? Um, I think we go from m many with chips in them yeah. to only one with chip in it and many with just a shell, and then we go to all shell and that one chip is just cloud it's computing cloud. and right but see oh, yeah. i don't but see i don't like that why i see that there is something to be said about i mean this this also goes into privacy and stuff but i don't want to yeah. go there but yeah. it, no, I, no, I, no. I like something... i like having something yeah let's not do that but let's i like having a device where i can you know where i can store files that isn't reliant on me having to be connected to the internet you're right like that's one there's thing. There's always like. going to be a, a there's always demand for, for local files, right? Yeah, security is still a huge issue, which we haven't talked on at all. And most of them, we, we are mostly even though that's literally happening right now in the news. We, we mostly completely ignore security when we talk about our views of the future, which is dumb, very dumb. We're really dumb. We, guys. I think it's naive. I don't think it needs to be dumb. I mean, if we if we prepped a little bit more, maybe we would have talked about it. We whoa, prepped whoa, so whoa, come much. Come on, what what are you talking about? <laughs> we we prep a lot. We should probably wrap it up. We should. Yeah, we should. Well, so we we, we should have a yeah. final question, right? right? Yeah. Okay. What do you think um. is the future is most? <laughs> so I think different companies kind of have a sort of you know, similar but generally different views of the future, right? That that Apple and Google don't necessarily share a clear vision. 
do you guys have any feelings of kind of alignment with with any one company or outlook or anything like that yeah i mean i'm a person who has a macbook but has used an android phone since the first the first big one got uh, released the Motorola Droid got released on Verizon, um, and I use Google service like servers and services for most everything. Um, and what's great about Google is that because they don't have a desktop operating system, they work. It works pretty well with both Microsoft and Apple products, and even Linux products. I could you could maybe even go there too, which is great for me now. And I think. Google because they are I don't know I I'm I'm with Google right but also Windows 10 sounds like really great like like this idea of having one device that plugs into everything and if I could just get my Google Cloud services on that Windows 10 device like that would be sweet like I I think Microsoft kind of dropped the ball a little bit in Windows 8 but that ball dropping helped lead them to where they are now which is this idea of like we went fully touchscreen oh wait nobody wants that let's let's just make it a let's have an op let's have an operating system that works on everything i think it's a great idea um but for now i think i'm pretty much i, I the only reason i have a macbook is because i want to run certain software and i think i can find alternatives so yeah i'm in the google camp rooting for microsoft <laughs> so to synthesize it seems like you agree with a number of different ideas out there from different parties, and you're kind of rooting in each little area for a different person, kind of. Yeah, except for Apple. I don't need to root for them because they will continue to do well, and except in the future if they don't change their outlook now, which, as Jason said earlier, seems to be they're going to keep their mobile and desktop operating system separate, and they're going to keep having devices that overlap with each other, which I don't see as something that can keep their high profits high. I don't I don't I don't see that happening and I think I would root for them maybe if they, you know, opened up a little bit more. But the fact like you said, I hate Apple Maps, Chris said, and when I try to click a link from a text from somebody and it opens an Apple Maps and I don't use that, it's frustrating. Like I don't like a company that's like that. I like to be able to say when I click this app a little window comes up saying, Hey, do you want to use Google Maps? Do you want to use Waze? Do you want to use transit? I can pick whatever one I want, and it'll open up and in. I like that's why I like more open operating systems. So yeah, I'm rooting for Google, rooting for Microsoft, rooting for some other ideas out there. Like you said, kind of just I'm like indifferent towards Apple. Got it, Jason. Your thoughts? I I have not used many Apple products on a day to day basis. To be fair. And I'm I use I've used an Android phone uh, like Austin since the original Droid, and a lot of people take that to mean that I hate Apple and I don't like Apple products, and that's not the case. Um, I have I'm locked in. I think everybody's locked in at this point to their the the switching between Apple and and or sorry the switching between iOS and Android I think is slowing. Because the more you use it, the more you're entrenched in their services. And use whatever services you like. I think at this point, they're basically interchangeable. Uh, where they're each going, it's also going to be the same. They keep copying each other. Windows has some pretty 
exciting stuff with continuum with continuum and I like that idea that's gonna all hinge on if they can actually get developers to build apps if if uh you know you can get the newer apps like Snapchat for example on Windows that's gonna be huge but it totally depends on how they're able to court developers and things like that but overall I wouldn't say, I, I don't know I, I don't like fanboyism you know when people say like oh they I, like I don't want Apple to fail I want Apple to do really well I want Google to do really well I want Microsoft to do really well because then everybody wins you you have increased competition it's great you want a healthy environment that's right yeah I, I, I do want to reiterate that point too is that people like think because I have an Android phone that I hate Apple and I don't like before I had an Android phone because some of us on Verizon when we were younger weren't able to get an iPhone when it first came out because it was just an AT&T what I spent my time doing was hacking iPod touches and hacking iPhones just because I loved them but I couldn't get them on my, so I would use people's broken iPhones I would hack them and I would I love I loved them I love all of their products I just don't use them they're amazing I just don't Thanks for listening to Just the Tech. We couldn't include everything, and we definitely missed some things, so be sure to check out our Didn't Didn't Companion post for this episode on our website at www.justthe.tech. Continue the conversation with us on Twitter at Just the Tech or on our Facebook page at facebook.com backslash www.facebook.com no. backslash Just the Tech Podcast. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs>